Hey, Sean. Yeah. Do you, you know when you buy a bag of chips and it's like, yes, this bag of chips is nice and full, but then you open it and it's three quarters air? Uh, are we talking about Lay's? Because, yeah, all the freaking time, man. Pretty much all the chips. You know what? That's Disney is like the new Lay's of modern tv shows where oh no this is an issue that i'm finding that all of their new disney plus you know specials the runtime on it when you start will say one thing but the actual content within the runtime is like just over half of what it actually says well you know what i'm saying like 30 minute show yes you're you're you sit down and you're like, yeah, I'm going to watch the show for 30 minutes, but there's really only 20 minutes of show. Yeah, but we're we're desensitized to that because the average runtime of a television sitcom is 22 minutes. Yeah, but nobody watches TV anymore. That's because they're all busy listening to this podcast. Well, 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 David is in a tizzy and that could only mean one thing. It's podcast day. Welcome everyone to the scene on screen podcast. For once, I'm not angry. Yeah. And, surprise, well, surprise. I mean, no, I've had, I've, ugh, it's, it's weird because I've had a very good week in regards to TV. I've accomplished nothing else in my life this past week. We've, uh, We've had kind of a weird week at home. Nothing to do with me, but just some things around us have been a little off. Um, the The lockdown's really starting to get to everybody. For those of you who still don't know, Ontario's now in a, a full stay-at-home lockdown, which is just super fun. And I've barely touched my Xbox. I tried to play video games with David the other night, and he was too busy playing Final Fantasy. Okay, yeah, well... I was playing on my computer and you were on your Xbox. So just don't give me shit the next time you say you never want to play anything but Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, because I sent you a Battlefront invitation because I was feeling all Star Warsy, And you were like, no, I'm going to play Final Fantasy like to a be, bitch. To be totally honest with you, I didn't even see the invite until well after you sent me it. If you want to hear something even funnier, I was... About to send you the invite, and I saw the message that you sent me about your console freezing when Watch Dogs was being played, and you've gotten rid of that game. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, have you played anything this week before we get into uh, the nitty gritty topics of uh, today? Honestly, I resubscribed to Final Fantasy XIV because I, I had an itch to play it, and uh, I played that game. I don't, I don't you probably wouldn't really know the history of the game when it launched like way, way back years ago. It was such a bad launch. The game was so unoptimized. I went out and I had to buy a new video card. And at the time I bought one of like the, the top of the line video cards and it still could barely run the game. Um, mm-hmm. The game was, it, it was just, we could do a whole show on how bad 
the launch of Final Fantasy fourteen was. But uh, in a nutshell, the game was so bad that the whole development team was fired and re like it was remade, recreated the, the dev team. They rebuilt the game from the ground up. And for, I think it was like almost a year, they Square Enix was like, this game is not in a condition for us to feel comfortable charging people to play, pay a subscription fee for. So the game was like free to play for Like they, they cut off new subscriptions or new signups. So anyone that was, already had a membership or an account could play for free up until they re-release it as a, a realm reborn. And since then it's been one of like the top MMOs for a while. But uh, because I endured the, the horrible first edition, um, my account is legacy status. So I get the subscription free fee or the subscription for the original price. So if I subscribe for like six months, it ends up being like seven bucks a month. Oh, that's not Which bad. is pretty good because I think regular is like sixteen or seven or thirteen or fourteen dollars Canadian. Anyways, so yeah, I uh, started playing that again, and it's funny because I've like subscribed on and off for the last I don't know few years, and <laughs> I haven't been doing any of like the the main story quests and stuff like that. So I'm I'm doing them now, but my characters are like way OP. Like I'm doing level 15 quests and my characters are like level like 30 and 40. It's, it's kind of funny, but that's really it all I've been playing. reminds me of playing the division. <laughs> oh yeah. David goes, Oh, David's dead again. David's dead. Yeah. Good times. What about you? Anything new? Um, not really. Uh, I got out on Sunday to play around a disc golf, which was super fun. Oh, yeah. It was kind of um, nice weather on Sunday. Yeah. We, uh, Oh, um, yeah, so we we've been kind of contemplating doing a little bit of uh, video work with a, a friend of mine to do some disc golf stuff, which he said we could use for our channel because it's technically a game. But I was like, it's a little bit of a stretch because um, we focus more on tabletop video games and then television and movies. But uh, it's something to consider, uh, that's for sure. I do have a, a few really cool-looking discs that uh, are kind of nerdy. It's kind of fun, but uh, I want to kind of focus on the other thing. And uh, I, I guess to uh, burn the lead, we're going to start introducing um, both minute-long segments on our social media that are going to be part of David's Dicey Reviews and Sean's 60-second suggestions. They're going to be fun. They're going to be different. Not to be, and, not to be uh, confused with Sean's sixty sexy, ed- <laughs> sixty sexy editions. Well, I mean, we could do that too, but I'm just going to find random videos of people and put them up. Um, There's going to be pictures yeah. of me. I know. Let's let's get right to why we're here today, and we're really only going to talk about two things. And that's going to be, we both watched both episodes of WandaVision. And when you messaged me, I said something very specifically to you. I was like, let's not talk about this until the show. Because that way you've had like a few days to let it percolate. You saw the note I sent you today. It's been percolating. Like I've, I've watched both episodes twice now. First one to like, just kind of watch. And I wasn't feeling 
the greatest when I watched the first two episodes. Like I, I was a little tired, so I felt like I missed some some details. And I finally finished The Mandalorian. I shouldn't say finally because I mean the season only came out not no, that long ago. So like, no, you finally finished it. But I was still within the the realm of no, no spoilers, <laughs> right? Like a little bit, except I already knew the biggest spoiler reveal which I have some complaints about, which I'm sure you're excited for. So we will tell you guys right now, this episode is full of spoilers. We're sorry. We're going to dissect what we saw. We're going to talk about it. And when it comes to the Mandalorian, David's barometer pretty much is like, as soon as I saw it, we could talk about it. And Jay was even a, a, a real, a real, real one when he was just like, we won't talk about the Mandalorian because Sean hasn't seen it. And that was like four episodes ago. So, whew, all bets are off. We are talking about both WandaVision and The Mandalorian starting right now. All right, David, you ready? Okay, go. On on Okay, <coughs> on the count of three, you're going to say either loved it or hate it in regards to WandaVision. Can, can I oh. not have a third option? No, nope, you either <laughs> lo- Okay, loved it, hated it, or meh. Okay, okay. All right. And we'll say it at the same time. Sure. On the count of three. One, two, three. Hated it. Loved it. God damn it. You were supposed to say it at the same time. I did. No, you said it after me. Anyways, we got. Uh, I'm not going to lie. We need like a battle bell going on. Ding, ding, ding. And. All right. So. That was stupid. The reason you hated it which is probably the reason a lot of people also didn't know what was going on is because Disney done fucked up. And this is what you were ranting about at the beginning of the episode. They're giving us nine episodes to set up the next phase of the MCU. And the first two have just been fluff piece introduction, weird episodes. I love, okay, here's what I loved. I love Elizabeth Olsen and I love Paul Bettany. I think they are very complimentary of each other and they're actually doing very well in the sitcom style. The other thing that I noticed was they've used other stars that have been uh, in more like multi-camera television shows versus movies Mm -hmm. to, to help their transition a little bit. Like you have Catherine Hahn, for whatever reason right now, I cannot think of the girl's name who played Bonnie. She was in Buffy. Uh, Deborah Jo Rupp was in it. Uh, the guy who played her husband is in like a bunch of TV shows as well. That had a very good feeling to me. The idea that every, like I'm assuming this is what's happening based off the first two episodes. Every episode is era adjusted, which means if we're... If that if episode two was the bewitched era and before that was kind of more like a leave it to beaver kind of thing or like kind of time period, because you saw like you there was noticeable changes between the first two episodes and then they finally kind of got to that technicolor like 70s stuff. We're probably not going to see modern day or like her breaking out of whatever situation she's in until like episode four or five and releasing them one at a time is going to make this very difficult and frustrating. But I do love the premise because 
it's very Easter eggy. And that's not something that Disney's necessarily known for. Like in the movies, they do like their little Marvel nods and Pixar is just like a gold mine of um, like the scavenger hunt for Easter eggs. But when you take these episodes for what they are, and I know you're not nearly as into Marvel as I am. And I will tell you straight up, like I was fairly overwhelmed by the WandaVision, like the Wanda storyline. Cause I don't know a lot about her comics and I've been watching a lot of actually cosplayers have been really good for this because they're like freak out. Cause they love her so much. Um, but just trying to read like some literature that I could find some main key points of like some of the comics that she was in and what might be happening. It was a really fun kind of scavenger hunt. Okay. So but I'll, I'll leave it at that so, so I can hear your, your hate so, thoughts and then we can break so, down the episode. So essentially what you're saying though, is for you to enjoy the episodes, you had to research what the hell the episodes meant. No. I I watched the episode, as I said, I watched the episode t- twice. The first times I watched it, I just watched them at face value because I, I wanted to enjoy it. As I said, like, I really enjoy the two actors that are in it. And I think the addition of, or like, Catherine Hahn playing the neighbor, I love her. She's very, very funny. And she plays that, like, that annoying neighbor really well. And I think she has a very big part in the in this series. But what i'm saying and i'm i'm sure you're going to you're going to slap down the these are the reasons why i hated this in your in your rebuttal momentarily but i think the reason a lot of people hated it was because it was a black and white and b it felt like a 1960s sitcom or a 1950s 1960s sitcom and like they made that very apparent with mm-hmm. the like the bewitched opening and it had that feeling it was very whimsical. I get it. But go ahead. You're I'm going to disagree. I I don't care if something's in black and white. Um, I have the entire uh, original Twilight Zone series. On Blu-ray. And they're all black and white. And I throw those on and I, I love them to death. Like they're th- those are great. Um, the, the 60s or whatever, 1960s sitcom stuff. You know, not necessarily my my style, but I can appreciate it. And I and it it wasn't that that kind of just through not. It's hard to say how because like I didn't like it. I will watch it. I will continue to watch it because it's like okay, they, they have to do something to bring this all together. But the first two episodes, just there was. It was all air. And they, the first one was very fluffy, yes. The second one had a little bit more of like what's going on, right? Like they, uh, things that make you question it kind of had that like Twilighty Zone vibe to it where something shows up or something happens and you're like, okay, this has piqued my interest. But then almost as quickly as they show that, it changes and they they go back and it just is like as if nothing happened. So that was one issue that I have is where it is it is all the air in that chip bag and none of the good, delicious sour cream and onion chips. And I feel like they could have they could have done more in the first episode and 
like there was they could have taken stuff that happened in both the first two episodes and put it into one episode and it would have probably made more sense and been being a little more satisfying like now granted they did release episode one and two on the same day but i believe if i'm not mistaken i believe that's what they did with season one of the mandalorian when it first launched they had uh or episode one came out on uh the release date of disney plus which was like a tuesday or wednesday and then episode two came out friday that same week but either way i just and and so andrew and i were watching it and we're not like huge huge in-depth marvel fans like we've seen all of the marvel movies and stuff like that and i kind of have basic understanding of the marvel characters and the universe but it was this series is just weird it's weird it's uncomfortably weird it's more of a because i'm watching it and i'm thinking she's like fucking a like a a gemstone that's turned human it's a robot right like it's like this weird love relationship like she's delusional or something like that she's in love with this like like alien type creature i know he's not mm-hmm. an alien but you know what i mean like it just does it's it you can't relate to the character. I understand that. And, and like, and the fact that like, we know that vision is not human. And she is in this kind of like delusional world that she's created of some sorts. And I, I think that's an interesting concept um, because she, and, and we see that in the, the second episode where some shit happens at the end and she's like, no. And it kind of, let's let's stick to episode one, but I'm just saying like, we we see that she is controlling or has some control over this universe that she's created. But the fact that she is like in love and completely, completely infatuated with this being, this entity, it is unrealistic. And granted superhero movies are, super unrealistic <laughs> wait what <laughs> you it's it makes it almost impossible to to connect with the character because you're like it's a sex doll for you really you know and and i i enjoyed like some of the dad jokes in there and and some of the jokes in the first two episodes and i legitimately laughed but for the majority of the time i'm like this is like just feels super awkward because he's not a human <laughs> and she's completely in love with him. And, and honestly, that was probably like one of the, the things that I disliked the most about um, the Avengers series is how she was like, Oh, you've taken everything I loved for me and all that, blah, 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 blah. Right. All that stuff. And he's like, <laughs> I don't even know who you are, but you're missing the one point that I thought you would have hit already. You were like, yeah, we know vision isn't human, but we also know vision's dead. Unless that's true. Unless there, it, like, unless Shuri was able to create a replica of the Mind Stone, right? Which we don't know because that was never addressed in an Infinity War, which could have been like left the door open for Paul Bettany to return as the Vision. And as far as I know, like, they never addressed it, mm-hmm. and they don't talk about it in Endgame or anything. So, like, that's that's another thing that's kind of out there, but. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like we don't like we know that he's 
um, like he's not a cyborg, but he's like. Well, that's the thing. He was created from what the Soul Stone. He, he no, not so Soul his Stone. Bo- yeah, it's the yellow one. The it was the Mind Stone, Mind but Stone. his body's real because remember it was grafted yes. by Doctor Cho. So yeah. like his body is like a real body. But it's like mechanical. It's like the and they do the whole kind of when he chewed when he ate the gum, right? And it was like grinding up his gears in the whole kind of cartoony style stuff. So they make it so that he his body is a mechanical body that can be affected internally by real world objects. Right. Yeah. So he is essentially a machine. And and it just it, it just felt unco- it made me feel uncomfortable watching this. You know the, the movie Her, where the mm-hmm. guy I think it's her where the guy like falls in love with like sex doll or something like that. It's it, she. He falls in love with his AI. Yeah, something like that. And like it's it's kind of like that, right? In the sense that you know this person like is she mentally ill because she is unable to make a emotional connection with a, an, an actual like human that she, and it's, I just don't like the dynamic between the two characters. I think. I really actually think their, their chemistry is good. Oh no. Like the, the chemistry, like I, I think like the whole, they play off the whole comedic, you know, aspect of it. Right. Like he, their their acting is very eccentric, kind of like to go with the style of the the episodes that they were um, filming. And I'm hoping that it changes throughout because we know that it's going to progress through the decades. And I'm really interested to see how they change, like how they explain that. Um, but I think the whole time I'm watching it, and there's no. Like, like you said, you have to watch it a second time to really get like the Easter eggs and kind of analyze and research the character and stuff like that. And if you have to do that to be able to enjoy and understand what a show or a movie was trying to convey, then it's not doing its job. So right? like I. Might- I so, and yeah. I enjoy movies that make you think and make you question kind of what's going on. But if it doesn't give you anything at face value so that at the end of the episode of the movie, you're like, what the hell did I just watch? Then I don't think that that movie or show has done the medium justice. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I think what you're going to find with all four of these Marvel properties that are coming out in the next little bit with Loki, um, the winter soldier and Falcon or Falcon and the winter soldier and moon Knight and she Hulk. What, what do they all have in common? Female actors. No, they're all like not even secondary characters. Like the Falcon was like, a sidekick. Yeah, he and just so kind of showed Bucky. up in one episode <laughs> or one movie. So, so that She-Hulk was always like the afterthought to the Hulk and Abomination. Uh, Moon Knight. I don't even know a ton about Moon Knight, and like to be perfectly honest. And Loki, we all know as Thor's brother, the trickster god, and the villain of the first like four movies he was in. Mm-hmm. 
So like when it, when it comes down to this kind of stuff, like, yeah, uh, like unless you're a hardcore fan about the specific property, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be like a Deadpool, a Wolverine, like Deadpool's even pretty abstract for a lot of people. But like the Wolverine movies, most people grew up on X-Men and they're like, oh, fuck, Wolverine is like cool. Spider-Man, everybody knows Spider-Man's backstory because you see it every movie. <laughs> yeah, Batman, most died. Batman movies start with like Martha and Tom Wayne dying. Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, but so, so for like uh, Loki, the Loki show, I think that character, people have seen enough of him on the silver screen. And they understand or we know what his character is like um, that I think they can explore more of his character uh, without having to explain it. Right. Right now, we're watching a show with two kind of obscure side characters. Right. Um and they are now having to go into in depth and explain what makes those characters tick. And I don't think that they've done a good enough job in the first episode to really get you hooked. Okay. Like let's just make a quick comparison to the first episode of the Mandalorian season one. Right. Those were, and everyone knows that I love Mandalorian. I think what I know. Right. But here's the thing though. Mandalorian was a new character, right? And it was in a new timeline and all this stuff. So they had to show us what this character was about in that first episode and have enough to continue people's interest to watch the next one and so forth. The first episode of Mandalorian it ended. It, it had it had all the the aspects of a uh, like an action flick, a space cowboy thing, right? Mm-hmm. You have your character, you introduce them. He gets a job. You understand who the kind of like the good guys are, who the bad guys are, and he's kind of in between. Uh, you have action. F- you have all of this stuff mixed together, and it comes to this everything comes to a, a, like a, a climax and it's right at the end. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, Holy shit. That was, I don't know if that was what I expected, but it was, it was good. Right. I haven't met a single person who did not like the Mandalorian. Um, I don't know. I thought it was kind of stupid. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we take the first episode of WandaVision and by the end of the episode, I'm like, I don't really, I don't care. I don't care about any of these characters. I don't care about what they're going through because I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what is at stake. I don't know what the issue is. It just doesn't, it didn't do anything to make me want to watch episode two. The only reason why I watched the second episode is because there's nothing else to watch. And the first episode was 20 minutes. So, it's it's going to be very interesting to see kind of it's going to sorry I, I want to phrase this correctly it's going to be very interesting to see how like our little reviews of this every week goes because as these shows come out 
And we're going to try and do it with the Marvel ones and the Star Wars ones because everything's going to be on these limited runs. How both David and I feel on a regular basis. Like, just looking at the show as a whole. If we just look at episode one, episode one and take it for face value, I think it was interesting because the way they do the opening credits, they like they try and tease a little bit of what's going on, which is very popular in old sitcoms. And then they kind of introduce you to like Vision's work and he's like confused as to what he does. Then he meets his boss and you're just like, okay, so this is going to be kind of like a tropey show. It's just kind of all over the place. You don't really know what's going on. And then there's a very subtle moment where you kind of figure something like really is fucked up. And it's when they're at the dinner party and um, his boss starts choking on the food, right? Yeah. And like Vision is acting totally normal until that moment. And then when they're like talking about like how they met and what their past was. Every single time Wanda tried to remember, Vision got more and more like awkward and out there, which was very noticeable. Yeah. And then he was like able to rescue the boss and things kind of move forward. But he only then- rescued her because he he wasn't doing anything and Wanda told him to save him. Yes, because that that was the point. Like, I think that was the part where if you never saw the trailer, which I mean, the trailer doesn't do a lot to it. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. um, that's where you're kind of like, oh, man, there's like this is definitely like some other reality. And if you go back a little bit earlier in the show, if you've noticed, they've now done two not so random commercials. Right. And the first one was like the the Stark Tech toaster. And as the toaster went off, you hear like tick, 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 tick. And. The, the going theory on the internet. And I thought so as well when I watched it was like the last time she heard that sound was something that said Stark on it was the missile in Sokovia. Mm-hmm. So like there, there's all these like little subtle things. And then they do it again in the second episode with like the Strucker watch. Strucker was the guy who like created them. Um, and you kind of like meet him at the the beginning of, or you meet him again at the end of age of, or at the beginning of age of Ultron Uh who ultimately uh, gets killed. Like all in all, I thought the first episode, it did enough to grab the interest, but I think Disney was smart because they were like, you know what? If we don't release both episodes, we're going to have a hard time drawing people in every Friday because they did enough where like they showed that reality was bent and then the last, what, like minute, they show that she's living in a TV show. And like they, they do it at the beginning being like, it's starring Wanda. You notice it never said starring um, Emily Olsen? Not Emily Olsen. What's her name? Uh, Is it him? I, yeah, I know. I know who you're talking about, though. The... Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Um, and it didn't say Paul Bettany. It said Wanda in the vision. Mm-hmm. And it was always that. So, like, I don't know. The way I looked at it was. I thought they did a really good job, including panning out of that into like where you see the first time we see like a sword logo, which is interesting because they're trying to introduce that into the MCU. Um, there's like these little, little like clues that Me- like Mephesto could be the bad guy that they're trying to introduce into the MCU, which could play a bigger role into 
um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse, which is Wanda's next thing right after this show. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think I think what they're doing is they're trying to to kind of how do I phrase it? They're using the next two big movies that isn't Black Widow as like a like they're claiming they're two kind of like end game level events, but they've got to they've got to build the ramp towards that. And how are they going to do that? They're going to use WandaVision and they're going to use Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I think that's how they're going to kind of like set these roads up. Because but, but what does that say for the episode though? If you have to release two at the same time to draw your audience in to continue watching. Oh, don't like I, I, I you're not wrong. I, I've just been thinking about that for the last little bit. There like so much happened in that second episode that the first episode kind of felt flat. Now, I, I will admit I did enjoy the second episode more, but that's because it did have these kind of weird events that happened throughout it that you're like okay what's what's going on right like mm-hmm. especially well like the first one with the uh the little commercial thing with the stark toaster the only bit of color in that entire episode was the red light on the the toaster yeah but then in the second episode we get even more color we get the the uh helicopter plane thing or whatever that she finds in her bush and I don't know, I couldn't tell if she was like freaking out because she saw it in color or if it had some other like significance that was beyond me, right? Because I'm, I don't live and breathe, you know, Wanda. Um, and then at the end of that episode, everything gets colorized. After she like reverses time. Mm-hmm. So the, the second episode had a few extra little things that it popped in that um, kind of was like, okay, like something's going on. This is interesting. But then ultimately it didn't lead to anything. Yeah. The, the helicopter, if you want to talk about that for a second, yeah, can we talk about the helicopter? I'm dying to talk about the helicopter. Good. Cause me too. Um, the helicopter brought two schools of thought like if you have a quick eye you can see the sword logo again on it they're making it very known that sword is becoming an entity in the mcu but everybody was like it's red and gold that's that's something from iron man iron man's trying to save her no guys iron man's dead however he's apparently in contract negotiations to return in one way shape or form because with the time stone you can do whatever the hell you want they've determined that the thing that I found interesting is if you've seen the trailer to the show, you see a red helicopter fly into what appears to be a wormhole. Is that helicopter trying to save her and it just lands in her bushes? And she's like confused as to why it's there. Mm-hmm. Like we still mm-hmm. don't know the difference between the reality that Wanda's created and how like they're getting in and out of it. Right. Yeah. The other thing I found very interesting was that, like, the wives meeting. They introduced some, like, interesting characters. There was, um, I want to say her name was Gwendolyn. I have it written down here. Uh, yes, the, uh, the, like, the, oh, Geraldine, sorry. Geraldine, that's right. Which is apparently 
the the MCU has her and like the way she was cast, she is the grown-up version of Monica Rambeau. Monica Rambeau is the little girl from Captain Marvel. So she's in on this whole thing. She's been planted in here somehow, or this is something that uh, Wanda remembers. The other thing is Bonnie. There's a very good chance that WandaVision and... I'm going to say this like fairly confidently, like a 7 out of 10. I think WandaVision setting up X-Men in the MCU. Because... Now that's a hot take. The For the Children take. I was like, I've heard that before. I've seen that before. So I quick Googled. Like, For the Children... And I just randomly typed X-Men on probably my second or third one. Emma Frost of the X-Men for the children. Bonnie could be Emma Frost. What I was thinking of during that was for the greater good. Drink the Kool-Aid. For the The greater good. From Hot Fuzz? Oh, yeah. Yeah, For the greater good. (laughs) So the only thing that kind of backs up my theory here, which is insane. So Redditor um, capped motorcycle. I'm going to give you credit for this because you deserve every second of it. Went through the trouble of uh, screenshotting several clocks featured throughout the WandaVision premiere episode, including that Strucker watch, suggesting that they are trying to communicate with the audience a secret message. Now, the theory proposes that the positions of the clock hands can be translated uh, translated into letters through the flag SEM4 system. Now, that is the kind of like the air traffic control speaking with flag system. Now, if you look at all the times that are shown on the clocks throughout the episode, it spells X-M-E-N. Huh. there's a lot of support behind these theories. The other theory with the Mephesto thing is they're really, um, they're really pushing like all the house of M references. Uh, I haven't read a lot of it, but it does confirm that like house of M is going to be part of the multiverse of madness. Uh, specifically, if you look at the bottle of wine, um, it says Maison de Mepri house of contempt or scorn or house of M there's a lot going on. And I think that's, what's going to make this interesting. The one thing I'd suggest to people, um, especially if you're on TikTok, not, not so much Instagram because like you never really know what you're going to find with reels, but look up some cosplayers and look up cosplayers that do, um, Scarlet witch or Wanda. Now, like, yeah, sometimes it's going to be appealing to the eyes and you're going to enjoy that. But most cosplayers also cosplay for the reason of they like the story. It's not just they want to be Slave Leia. They don't want to be Black Widow. They like the story behind the characters. And I'm learning more from, like, 30-second cosplays where people are talking, or not necessarily cosplays, but cosplayers that are talking about their favorite characters than I am on Google searches where I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And that that would just be kind of like my my big thing. We also like I've learned more about Agatha or, or the 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 neighbor, right? Like she's yeah, yeah. like nobody knows who her husband is, but that could be a connection to Mephesto because in House of M, Agatha and her husband Mephesto try and or maybe that's not her husband, and I'm quoting it wrong. 
but she is an imperative part of trying to steal um, Wanda's children. There's a whole lot to unpack. I'm actually downloading uh, a few different uh, Scarlet Witch comics just to see if I can... I, I might read House of M just to kind of get a grip before the Multiverse of Madness as well. Right. But there, there's a lot to unpack, and I think it's really, really cool. <laughs> Um, but you so, know, so here, so the thing is, like, are they making the show for the diehard fans or the people that care to watch and rewatch and analyze every scene, or are they making it for you know everyone to be able to enjoy? Because I feel like they are are missing the the core audience. Um, yes, there is a huge amount of hardcore Marvel fans, but I would say maybe not necessarily the core audience, but a majority of people that go to watch these, uh, the Marvel movies, they just watch the Marvel movies, right? Like that's true. They They don't know the history of these characters, nor do they really care to spend the time and energy researching these characters so yes it's like super interesting that they have all of these little easter eggs um kind of thrown about the episodes for people to to pick apart and speculate because you know that that is a ton of fun um being able to theorize what things mean you know we've gone into discussions and i've discussed with some of my friends about you know what we think is going to happen with Mandalorian and, and, and where the, the series is going with that. It's, it's fun, but you know what? I've watched the Mandalorian episodes once. I haven't rewatched any of them. Hold on your Mandalorian for a little while. Longer. I know, I know, but I'm just saying I I've only watched them once and I did. I didn't feel like I needed to rewatch it just to, figure out what's going on just to find Easter eggs and pick things apart so that I can further understand what's going on in the episode because each episode, you know, had a, a coherent story. Whereas with, and there was two that were a little iffy in the first season. That's true. Yes. But for the most part, you know, you knew what was going on in each episode. Whereas so far with the first two episodes of WandaVision, we don't know what the hell is going on. And for, I think, the average viewer, and I would say that I'm closer to uh, the average Marvel movie viewer than I am uh, more of the hardcore viewers, right? Like, uh, I'd I, agree with that. Right? I, under, I, I, I feel like I understand a little more about some of these characters and their interactions with each other than maybe a good chunk of people that go to the, see these movies and stuff like that. Um, but with with WandaVision, like Angela asked me if we were going to watch the second episode. Sure, she's like, "Why do we watch this? Why are we watching the second episode?" Because she's like, "He clearly hated the first one." And I was like, "I, I don't know." I was like physically distraught because I was I was kind of excited for it. I was like, "Okay, sweet N- new Marvel content." Um, Disney has done a great job with Mandalorian. And some of the other Disney originals that have been released, uh, and it just did not live up to the hype that 
I think Disney was kind of pushing for because this is, and the thing is, this is the first of many Disney plus originals in the Marvel universe, right? Yeah. That's it's when you put it that way, it's, it's a uh, Mondo concerning. So here's the thing. If, if they had started off with uh Loki, when does Loki release? That's, is that February? Uh, I, I think I want to say Loki's a little bit further down the road. May. Okay, May. that's a little farther. But still, if they had have started with Loki, I think that would have been a much more successful successful launch to the Marvel TV universe. Because that is a character that has been in multiple movies that has been a main villain in multiple movies has also kind of sought redemption and been one of the good guys in some of the movies and spoiler alert, when he gets choked out <laughs> in what was it? Endgame or was it uh, at the beginning of infinity War? infinity war? Yeah. When he gets choked out there, people were, actually upset he is such a likable character because he's like he's evil but he's good he's just mischievous right if Mm -hmm. disney had started with the loki series i think that would have been a much stronger start to their tv series um in the marvel universe that they could have a slower start to their next series, such as WandaVision and people would be more acceptable, accepting of the fact that it is different because they know what is possible. Right. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a, I'm a little worried about Loki because like they're for all indications like they're they're gonna try and kind of use the time st- or um not the time stone. I guess it's that well he doesn't have access to the mind. He's got a tesseract. Yeah, but yeah, so that is technically the space stone. But Loki's scepter had did he have two stones? He must have. Yeah, he definitely did. So this is the space stone, right? So he can move all over time. And there's that scene where he like jumps out of the airplane. And gets summoned by the Bifrost. But the whole thing with that is like he's portraying D.P. Cooper, which is also just like another villain in the world. So it's like there's so much going on. Um, Where I'll leave WandaVision, because next week, well, I mean, by the time each episode releases for us, the new episode of WandaVision has been released to the world. Which is also a good thing because if we talk about spoilers, hopefully people who are watching it will have caught up anyways. Yeah. So we'll we'll do like a 10-minute review every single week. We want to make sure that we are talking about it because it's super topical. And it's some, something to kind of follow along with. But right now I've got it at like a 7 out of 10. I think this week will be very interesting because I, I think based off everything we've seen from the trailer, reality's got to break soon. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it has to happen sooner than later. If they have another episode, uh, if episode three is like episode one and two, but in color, you know, it's a, it's an eight episode series, right? Nine. Nine. 
Yeah. You know, that's a third of the series wasted with nothing really kind of going on. Yeah. Right. So do you, uh, do you want to talk about something a little bit happier in your life and yes. uh, ex- exp- talk about the Mandalorian? Yeah. You tell me what you think about the Mandalorian. Cause when we last spoke, you had how many episodes left? I want to see four. What was the last thing I remember telling you? Or you remember me telling you? <laughs> what was the last thing you remember telling me? I don't know. I feel as if it was before Grogu was kidnapped. And it was the Ahsoka episode we talked about. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. So there was three episodes left, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. So I take everything uh, back about Bilber. I thought he was phenomenal in the last two episodes. Right. I actually the, really enjoyed good. the what what was it? The third? No, it was the second last episode was the where they went on the to get the plans to for the coordinates of uh, Moff Gideon's ship, right? Yes, so good. He was phenomenal in that episode. And like both um Cara Dune and Fennec doing all that sniping, fucking A, that was so good. The 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 whole episode was one of the best where it will kind of cut back to the episode before where they meet Boba Fett. And this is kind of what you and Jay were talking about. Like, why, why did they bring in Boba Fett? And then you had those, I can't remember. Or Bo-Katan was all like pissed off. And she was mm-hmm. like, well, that's not your armor later yeah. on. Um, I understand. I think why they used Boba Fett as a plot device. Not going to lie. Even since the, earlier episodes I guess in the prequels like when Jango Fett had that ship and then Boba Fett had that ship I hate that ship <laughs> like it's so annoying Slave One? Yeah it, it's just I, I don't know I don't enjoy the way it looks it's not aesthetically pleasing for me <laughs> um, and I guess that's my own opinion Um, but but going into kind of how they use Boba Fett and Fennec to set up not only their own television show, but B to be actual allies to Mando where was, I think really, really strong. And it does give them the opportunity to do a crossover in the future. If Boba Fett needs Mando's help mm-hmm. until whatever happens to Din happens, and vice versa. Like maybe he's got to protect Mandalore and he needs Boba Fett's help. They've got this whole little star Wars cinematic television universe now, and they can do whatever they want with it where I will gripe about that whole episode. And it's something so subtle, but I said this to you early in season one. I love every, like I would say nine and a half out of 10 things that John Favreau does. He does immaculately. He's very smart. He's a good director. Stop using Marvel sprites, bro. The dark troopers are just iron men. That's all <laughs> they are. Well, those no, ones, no, 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 you can't even defend it. No, that no, no. is what they are. Like, the thing is dark. The, the dark troopers. I didn't like the design of them. I thought they were kind of weird, but it makes sense like with uh for for a plot 
sure it makes sense. And it added, uh, it added a, uh, I don't know, not, not a villain, but like a, a major. Yeah. It was Iron Man two yeah. all over again. Um, but it was interesting to see how they progress the dark troopers, right? Cause if you remember the dark troopers from, uh, rogue one, uh, vaguely, yeah. But yeah, like I, they were like the, they were like the elite stormtroopers and stuff like that. It just kind of shows how um, the Empire has progressed from using people back. Like, I guess before they, their Empire was still the Separatists, right? So they still had like their droid army, and then they got rid of droids, stopped using droids, went to people, then uh, went or clones. Uh, then regular people that they recruited and then back to droids. It was, it was interesting. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that last episode in, in a moment. I thought that the, um, the second last episode, well, let's say the one with Mando or not Mando Boba Fett. Uh, it was interesting because it added, I think the way that they shot the episode where, they took uh, Grogu and he did his whole meditating thing, which was, which was pretty awesome. The way that they kind of ex- showed that, um, where Mando had to leave him because uh, the Empire was coming, right? So there was this sense that you had that, oh man, he's got to defend he's got, he's got to defend him like himself and Grogu and fight off these, um, the, the empire. But the fact that Boba Fett was brought back, we knew that he was coming back, right? Like it, they, they kind of tease it in one of the earlier episodes in, uh, season one. Um, I think part of it is in order to give the character redemption for <laughs> the, the, awful death that he had in return of the Jedi. Um, and I think that is a character that people love, honestly, like he's one of the most popular. He's one of the most popular star Wars characters. Everyone knows who Boba Fett is. Right. And really, I think it was just a way for them to bring the character back in order to have a Boba Fett series, because we knew that there was a Boba Fett series in the, in the making, right? Like his rumors and they announced it long time before he even showed up in Mandalorian. I think that's the only reason why they put him in there to kind of make the transition into a Boba Fett series more acceptable. That. And I think the, the actress they chose for Fennec and him vibe really well together. And Fennec also really balanced out or balanced out Kara, uh, mm-hmm. which was nice too. And like, I know we've talked about Kara Dune and like everybody has like these weird opinions on her because a, some of her political views and mask views are all over the place. Other people are like, yo, this girl used to be this girl from the UFC and now she's this. And like, I mean, when I, I was just like, oh, yeah, Kira Dune. Like, cool. She's pretty hot. Like, I remember, like, the original her from, like, movies prior. And, like, seeing her now, I kind of see why you guys were all like, what are you thinking? 
Um, but I think she's still such a super important part of the show going forward. And some fans are like, get rid of her because she doesn't like to wear a mask. But she's now the connection to the Republic. You have Fennec and Boba Fett who are connections to, well, their own thing now. They would be more of like, they, they would be their connections to more of the underworld. But they're, and like, I hope I'm right. I hope to hell that there's crossover episodes between the two. And like you have, like maybe Disney releases one on a Friday and one on a Saturday. Just bang, bang. You have to watch them in succession. Because mm-hmm. ideally that would be the perfect scenario. Where I thought the finale was perfect. If we're going to go right into that. I'm also looking at our time going like crap. We're heavy. Okay, one, the the way they animated Luke Skywalker. Like, you kind of knew in the last Skywalker that they were going to fuck around with this as long as they could with Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. And if I were Disney, I would have Mark Hamill just record hundreds of hours of lines, lines that don't even have to make any sense. Like, go get me the blue milk because you could just do whatever you want on an actor and put his face on it now. That's that's literally what they're they've accomplished. Cause like I knew because I was told the spoiler, but I saw as soon as I saw that green lightsaber and the X-Wing come in. Actually, the X-Wing probably gave it away first. <laughs> they were like, Oh yeah, well, one Republic uh, X-Wing, we're it, saved. It's funny <laughs> because um when the extra wing, when the X wing showed up, I asked Angela, I'm "Like, do you know who that is?" She's like, "No." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and then, is it the guy from Kim's Convenience? As, actually, that's what she asked. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure she thought it was. Um, and I'm like, "No, no, no that that X wing is is unique." Um, and then, as he's going through, you see this like hooded figure with the the green lightsaber, and like once once they showed the green lightsaber, I kind of it was confirmed for me. But then they had the the shot as he's walking oh, through one the one hand, right? And I'm like, do you know whose lightsaber that is? She's like, no. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> are you serious? Um, and I think this is the this this is the the only thing that I disliked is that they brought Luke Skywalker back. Granted, it makes the most sense because uh, post-Return of the Jedi, he would be the most Force-sensitive person that we know of, right? Except for the fact that they tried to, like, dial down Leia's connection to the Force. That's okay. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Like, there, there's two of them. Yes, but I think... Um, in in this, you know, this is this is only a few years after Return of the Jedi. So Luke is still he's the Jedi Master. He's probably the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy, right? So the fact that he came because he's the one that was connected with Grogu uh, makes the most sense. But I dislike it because it makes it very difficult to use the character in future episodes Um, because and and even though yes it did look like mark hamill to an extent it wasn't perfect right like we knew that 
you know, you, like it's that uncanny valley. And we're, we're still there in a lot of media where sure the 3d animation and 3d graphics have come a very, very long way over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, but they still are unable to make a 3d character look perfectly human. Right. And fool, uh, the viewers, right? So my biggest concern is that they, sure, they have Grogu with um, Luke Skywalker now, but what does that mean for season three? Are we not going to see Grogu at all? This is what I was going to ask because you know way more about Star Wars than I do. Um, But you can't, like, so I read this thing the other day uh, and I think it was from John Favreau and somebody else, but they were shocked. They knew that baby Yoda or the child at the time, which he's also said it's socially acceptable to call him baby Yoda. But he said that at the time they, they knew he was cute, but they didn't think he was going to be market like as marketable because that wasn't Mando's story. Story that was a plot device to help Mando develop who he really needed to be, mm-hmm. and that became very evident in season two, where I was so invested in Mando's story that, like, as much as I love Grogu, and I just ordered myself one. But by the way, the one that you sent me that was thirty dollars, and then it went to fifty dollars, went down to twenty three dollars yesterday. So I picked one up. Nice. Um, but. When I look back at the season and how many times they like had Grogu not part of things, that to me was like Favreau and Fellini being like, all right, guys, Grogu is the parcel. Grogu and Mando's connection is something that is incredibly important. And Ahsoka makes that very clear. But it's dangerous for Grogu to be with Mando untrained. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually, what I think will happen, and I don't know, I'm assuming that The Mandalorian will last like four seasons. Because eventually the time's going to run out and Din will die. Well, maybe not necessarily die, but maybe just go off onto unnamed adventures, right? Like, Possibly. Here's, I, I might be very wrong, and this is somebody who's not nearly as Star Wars as you are. Like, I love the first six movies. (laughs) <laughs> I don't really like, like, I don't, I like, I've, I'm just going to sit down and watch the clone wars to learn more. Cause I've never watched the clone wars. Okay. I, I, I have three predictions for next season. You ready? Mm-hmm. Is your butt ready? Yeah. My butt, my butt is clenched. All right. Prediction. Number one, we're going to see for over half the season. Din run Mandalore. Maybe with the mask off. He owns the dark saber. Bogotan's not going to take it from him. And like, he also clearly doesn't want it, but he might be the only person who can restore order to Mandalore based off of everything we've learned in the last few episodes. And I thought the dialogue near the end of the film with, or the film, the episode with Moth Gideon being like, okay, you can't just give up the sword. You are now the ruler of Mandalore because you own the dark saber. I think after everything he's learned and his character development and his character arc, he can lead Mandalore back to glory and just like 
maybe change the whole this is the way to be a little bit more like this is the way with a little bit of leniency. Prediction number two. We will see the Millennium Falcon next season. Ooh, that one actually has you quiet. I'm thinking about your first one. Okay, do you want to do you want to think about that one, or do you want to respond to it, or do you want me to go off <laughs> so on my tangent? Let me let me just make a quick comment on the first one. Is you need to watch the Clone Wars. That's what I thought. Um, I do not think that uh, Din Darjin or whatever, however you pronounce his name. I don't think Mandalorian I just say his first name. <laughs> is is going to uh, rule Mandalore. I don't think he wants to. That was not ever his intention. I don't think he he's he's always been this kind of lone ranger throughout the series and he gets help when he needs it. Right? If you notice that, every episode he would do things on his own unless he needs the help. That's um, true. I don't think he has any real connection to Mandalore. Um he was a foundling, right? Like he <sighs> Yeah, you got to watch the Clone Wars because oh, sorry. That- so, sorry, my <laughs> my phone literally just turned on the radio when I turned on the screen. Nice. So go on. Um, you got to watch the Clone Wars because that kind of gives more and uh, Rebels, I think it is as well, uh, because that gives more insight into Mandalore, what goes on there, and uh, Bo Katan. Um, my theory is that they are going to have a fight and he is going to put up, like do the best that he can. Right. But ultimately lose and he could lose in the same way that Moff Gideon lost. Right. Like you don't have to die. You just, just have to lose. You have to lose the fight and become, be disarmed. And I think, um, I think that's going to be a major plot point in, the next season because um, we know that uh, Bo-Katan is obsessed with getting the Darksaber and bringing back Mandalore to be a, you know, a powerful planet and bringing back the Mandalorian people to be a formidable opponent, so to speak in the galaxy mm-hmm. um, that I don't think that that she's just going to kind of or Disney's going to just let her kind of, you know, roll over and accept the fact that, oh, yeah, man, Mando has the Darksaber now, whatever. So, yeah, I and I I understand where your thought process of that is, because I think that, yes, he could be a um, potentially a good leader of uh, Mandalore, but I don't think that's in his character. Interesting. And if we see this, if we see the uh, millennium Falcon, it, that's going to be stupid. <laughs> that, but that's my prediction. Number two. So j- just, just to close off prediction. Number one. Yeah. The only reason I feel that that could be the case is because he's now taken off his mask. Like he's done. Yes, but he's taken it off three times or like three times in the like the, twice, the series. No, when uh, the robot fixes his head, when he's in the Imperial base or uh, the Empire base, and 
at the end of that episode. It's three when, times. When the robot face. fixes his head. When uh, at the end of season one, when Moth Gideon and his group of cronies like blow in that uh, that bar. Oh, right. But so we've seen here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Only one person. Well, I guess technically two because Luke Skywalker would have seen him, but only one person in their group has actually seen it because the first time he took it off was in front of IG 11. I think it was or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, a droid, right? Doesn't matter. Second uh, time was in front of Bill second Burr. time was actually, he did it out of desperation. And the thing is, is um, he was told I didn't see anything. Right. So there is that mutual respect from those two characters now. Um, I, I always forget Bill Burr's character name in, in the series, but that's okay. Um, it kind of shows that he is, yes, he, he, he's a bad guy, but he has good in him, right? Like they work together, they got out of that and he pretty much, he could have told everyone that, you know, Mando took his helmet off. But he didn't. And I think that kind of shows that I think he's going to come back in season three. I think something's going to happen. He's going to come back and they're going to need his help or he's going to need their help or whatever it might be. Um, And then the the last time is in front of Grogu. And that's their like final goodbye, so to speak. We don't know if it is the final goodbye, but, you know, it was a very um, emotional scene. I think for everyone, right, for for the viewers, for Mando, for Baby Yoda. Um, because that is the that is the amalgamation of everything coming to a head, so to speak, where the entire time that um, Mando and Grogu have been together, he has never seen who he is, right? So this is, um, and and it's mentioned in a few of the earlier episodes. You know, like he says, "Moff Gideon, uh, the child means more to me than you could ever imagine." Um, he literally like risks his life in every episode to save this child, right? Um, yeah. And when he takes his helmet off, and they have that connection, it's kind of like him saying, "Like this is me," and. Like I said, the only other person that would have actually seen his face would be Luke Skywalker. And Luke doesn't have any connection to their group. You're telling me though nobody behind was like, oh, that's his face. No, because can I see if you if your back is facing me, I can't see your face. I can see your hair. <laughs> right? Like, um, yeah, they wouldn't have seen seen his face. I mean, and, I guess. And I think that's what it is. Like he is showing himself to there you go again. He's showing himself to the child. And, and it's kind of like, this is who I am. Yeah. And that's where he has his kind of humanity come out. And yeah, I, I almost feel like those tears were real. I don't know. I was just trying to scroll <laughs> through the episode, but the noise killed it i just wanted to see if uh anybody noticed it um yeah so prediction number two i feel as if we're going to see the millennium falcon the reason being is we've already seen boba fett 
Um, like there's been, I can't remember. Did we see Lando or was, did it? Yes. No, 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 that was rise of Skywalker. Um, I just assume that another star Wars character is going to be considered a plot device and you might bring back Harrison Ford and digitize him to be younger. I don't know if they will. Harrison Ford doesn't want anything to do with star Wars anymore. I know they're not going to do anything with the um, like Carrie Fisher unless they fully use like the digitized clips that they had from Rise of Skywalker, like in that training scene. Mm-hmm. That was 100% not real. Um, I just I feel as if because it is the most iconic ship aside from maybe the Star Destroyer, you're going to see it. You you have to. It's going to it's going to somehow play a part in an episode and maybe they have to do some sort of transport mission or something like that. I just really hope that Mando like the reason I think I want my first prediction to happen is because I don't think he needs another eight fetch quests, you know, and I, unless I it's like to go save Grogu and do some like crazy thing with the Jedi. There's no reason to have that many fetch quests again for him. Let him do something a little bit different. You know, I, I don't think the next season is going to be fetch quests. I think they're going to kind of focus more on a main, well, the season one and two have a main story arc, but everything leads like, it's always like one episodes. Oh, you need to do this for me before I give you my information. So like, they're all like that. I think this one is going to be more, um, how do we figure out, I don't know how to how to explain. It. I, I don't think it's going to be completely fetch quest because I think everyone's kind of going to be sticking together as a as a group. Um, I I honestly think that they should have used uh, a different force user uh, instead of Luke Skywalker because they could have incorporated that more into season three. Um, but they could always. Like with the Boba Fett series, they could always. I, I don't think we're going to see the the Millennium Falcon. I don't think we're going to see Harrison Ford or um, Han Solo, just because I think that is kind of overdone. They they made a big deal of the Millennium Falcon in the sequel trilogy, right? It's one of those things that there, there's such a there's so many opportunities to bring in other characters and other ships and stuff like that, that I think Disney would be smart to, to do that. They, they managed to bring um, Ahsoka from the clone wars into live action. Right. Mm -hmm. So it shows that they can do that. They don't have to be repeating and regurgitating content from, you know, the original trilogy and stuff like that. They did it with Boba Fett, but I think, like I said earlier, it's more of a, a way to shoehorn him into his own series, which we which was announced. Um, one Jedi that has is is part of Legends right now that has been in many games and comics and other stuff like that is uh, Kyle Katarn. Uh, he was the main uh, he was the protagonist in the Jedi Knight series. 
And I think either they can use him in the, the Boba Fett series mm-hmm. or they could bring him into Mandalorian season three as more, kind of like a liaison between Mando and um, Luke Skywalker and Grogu. Because this is a character that um, people know who he is if you've played the games. And he has a unique story in his in himself where he kind of was like not really a force user, but he kind of grew into the force and stuff like that. Kind of like Luke in a sense. But um I don't know. Like there's a, season three is gonna be quite interesting, I think, because a story arc that has taken two seasons, two years to complete, right? Um, is done. But we know that we're getting more. So they could literally go in any direction with season three. And um, I honestly think we're going to get four seasons. Yeah, like I I can't see it spanning beyond that, just looking at timelines. But like, especially now, because it's taking them so much longer to create because of COVID. Um, I, I also, as my third prediction, and I, I might be wrong right off the gate because I can't remember what planet um, Cara Dune is the marshal on now. Um, but I, I feel as if they keep poking around Tatooine enough that they're going to clean up Tatooine. Because even when they're, uh, I can't remember what he's looking for, but they're, they're just on, like, are they on Tatooine? See, that's the thing. I don't remember where she is, but there is an awful lot of missions for like, I feel like sometimes watching the Mandalorian, I'm playing a video game in which I have to keep going back to the same planet to clean shit up. And even in the, like the post credit scenes at the end of season two, they show Tatooine, but then Boba Fett's there. Yes. But that's because he goes back into the, Jabba's palace. I literally cannot figure like what's her I name? Have, what's I forget her name now. Who's the the one who, girl who plays her? Yeah. No, what's the actor's oh, name? Uh or Gina the, the character's name. Cara Dune. Yeah, that's it. Uh Gina Calarno. She used to be in the UFC. Um so she joins. I just can't remember what country or country. What? Oh, she's on Navarro. Found it. There we are. Yeah, that that took me a little bit. I don't know. I see them really trying to like, I know. What was it? Season one, episode like two or three when they were. They were protecting that village. They like tried to like toy with the idea of like him having a, a little bit of a quote unquote love triangle. Like, hey, we brought in Cara Dune, who's like this badass chick that you're going to get along with really well. But we also have this soft spoken mother that's going to be super interested in you. And then like they keep building this connection with her, right? The only thing that the show is going to lack in season three, which I think is going to hurt it a little bit is it's not going to have that plot device that we're used to of they have the kid. 
right? That's how he was able to convince people to join his like his mm-hmm. cause. I think maybe they are past that point now. I don't before, know. They, they led right up to that episode 15 and 16 was the same. Right. But I, I mean, like, I think they're past the point where he needs a reason to get them to join him. Right. Um, because I think the last two episodes really brought the team together and it formed a bond that now, you know, they're, they're in this, like they, they raided and captured Moff Gideon's cruiser, right? There's no going back. So I don't know. It's, uh, there's a, there's a lot that could be done. Like I said, um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I'm just disappointed that I have to wait until Christmas day. Don't worry though. Cause you're going to have, um, six episodes of each Marvel series all the way up. Oh, and true. you'll also have Boba Fett in November and Ahsoka before that. So we got stuff coming. Um, quickly, is there a character you'd like to see again in season three? Like from the original, like from season one or two? Yes, sir. The frog lady. <laughs> you mean Birdo? <laughs> no, frog lady. Yeah, yeah. The one where Grogu ate her children. Her, yeah, I want to see her again. And I want to see those tiny frogs so that we can feel not so bad that <laughs> Grogu ate half of their her babies. Out of all the characters, that's who you wanted to see. Um, you know, there's not really many characters that I think are like th- the thing is, they did a pretty good job of bringing characters um, back and making them useful. Um, yeah, I guess the only one I would like to see come back and it's just because I'm a fan of his work is Cobb Vanth. Or Timothy Oliphant. Okay. That guy is just awesome. Yeah. And I kind of want to see what he's done with like, uh, what was his little town that he was like marshalling? It was on Tatooine, but I just can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that Um, actually, that would be kind of interesting. Um, But he also is, doesn't really have anything now. He's just a guy without armor. Yeah. But he's still the marshal. But yeah, he's got great teeth. (laughs) <laughs> he's Timothy <laughs> Oliphant. Yeah. And finally, when it comes to Grogu, I mean, if the movies have taught us anything, is you can create something new that people will fall in love with. Just look at BB-8 and Porks. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I kind of like jumped up. I was like, it's R two because I mean, I grew up with R two D two. You did too, and R two D two is like super exciting but if the final trilogy taught us anything or the last trilogy of the skywalker saga taught us anything is porgs are friggin' adorable and bb8 really annoying yeah but they're still adorable doesn't matter and bb8 was poe dameron's wingman and bb8 became this lovable character that nobody saw coming you remember originally everybody's like, what the hell is this round R2 D2? <laughs> like that's just what mm. it was. Well, Do we see a new character like that? Because I, I hope who, not. I hope not. You think he's gonna be back for all eight episodes? Uh yeah, I hope not. I don't I don't we don't need another droid sidekick. Yeah, but I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in general, if the last trilogy taught us anything, 
it was that they could replace a character. And Grogu is technically replaceable, but Disney, in the most Disney way ever, discovered too late that their character was printing money. Like You had to see that coming. Yeah. And he's literally the most marketable character right now. Everything is Grogu, or it's not even that. Everything's still labeled the child. They have to reprint merchandise that says Grogu on it. That's true. Yep. Um, one one last thing that before we uh, close off this episode. If uh, anyone remembers me talking about the new Star Wars content that is coming out, all of this Star Wars High Republic stuff, um, I'll have you know. So I picked up the first book in the series, Star Wars uh, Light of the Jedi, and it is very good. The first, uh, the first two chapters are kind of like short stories in themselves, but it adds a sense of like tension. Something's going on in the galaxy that uh, we don't know what's going on. So I'm really excited for what this is going to lead to because we have the series um, Star Wars Acolyte, which takes place in the uh, High Republic era. So 2000 years before a new hope. Um, and <laughs> I am actually enjoying this so much that I actually pre-ordered Imagine this. I pre-ordered two books. Wow. I never would have seen that one <laughs> I, coming. I know. Right. Um, and so one of them, the next one is called uh, into the dark. And it's funny because this is a, um, a young readers book. So it's like teens. Um, but it's still like in the same um, universe, right? Like it's still like a f- almost, it's almost 500 pages book. Uh, and then, so that's coming out in February, which uh, I'm pretty psyched for. And then in June, there's another one called the rising storm. And so like the cool thing is like, you know, you remember in episode two when they're on Genosis and they, there's a big battle with all the, the Jedi and all the lightsabers and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're they're aiming at. This is like the era of the Jedi, and so I'm really excited for the uh, the v- movies and the TV shows and the games that might come from this stuff. So, if you guys are interested in new Star Wars stuff, um, in while we're waiting on season three of Mandalorian or um, the Book of Boba or anything else, you know, check out the Star Wars High Republic books. They're pretty darn good so far. But that sounds like a plan to me. With that being said, if you guys have any comments about what we talked about today, awesome. If you're upset that we spoiled it, you guys lasted an hour and 26 minutes with us just spoiling shit. But so the, you we did to say that thing. it was we did say that it was a super spoiler heavy episode within the first like 10 minutes. So yeah, not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> if you listened, that's just because you love us. So thanks very much for listening. Uh, If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok when that happens, and tell all your friends. We're going to be here for a while.